The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is thursday november 9th 2023 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the mba fighting twitter spaces you can hear the show start to finish in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mba fighting podcasting network what's going on everybody i am mike heck hope you're all having a wonderful start to the week we are on the eve of the eve of the ufc's return to madison square garden UFC 295, we got two title fights. We got Prahashka versus Pereira in the main event. That fight freaking rules for the vacant light heavyweight title. We got Pavlovich versus Aspinall for the interim heavyweight title. A lot going on with UFC 295. We, got, of course, have the watch party on Saturday. Very excited for that. There's a lot going on this week with the MMA fighting crew. There will be a live MMA hour. Tomorrow, I believe it's at 6 p.m. Eastern. And if you can't make it to New York, it is a sold-out show from what I understand. We'll have it live on the YouTube channel. So you can check that out as well. It's going to be fun. We will have a BTL today. Jed Mishu returns. He will take on Andreas Hale from the Sporting News, who will make his second appearance on the show. We have a lot to talk about, my friends. So let us not waste any time. Let's hear what you all have to say, and we will begin with Toke, who I'm sure has a question about Mark Madsen versus Jared Gordon. Go ahead, sir. Are you just predicting what I'm going to talk about? Oh, my God. (laughs) I know you too well. No, listen, listen. I am the Danish correspondent, but I would be remiss uh, because I wasn't here on Tuesday. I think I should start with... uh, Apologizing to AK <laughs> for that was that whole thing. His whole rant. I mean, I was because um, I knew like twenty minutes in, or maybe less. I knew he would go after me because he'd already warned me ahead of time. So that was. I'm. I'm. I am gonna criticize him again, but I'm just gonna say. We are even now in regards to doo-doo picks. So I think it it was fully warranted. But yes, I mean, firstly, I want to say, and I also want to say to him, he did the right pick with uh, Dolby. It is RDA RDA next. I think that that is the high-profile fight that he can get. And no, I'm not going to ask about Mark Madsen, actually. I'm going to ask about, uh, the the promo that Ilya Taporia made because 
I have a hard time seeing UFC going to California, um, just given the stance that the State Athletic Commission normally takes on uh, being open about payouts and stuff. So I, I just wonder that uh, where Ilya Teporia could have gotten that from, because it doesn't seem likely in my, uh, like in what I know about the UFC to be true. So I'm just curious uh, if if you've heard anything since about the Los Angeles destination. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, so when, when Ilya first dropped that promo, which I thought it was great, the one thing that did stick out, obviously, it was the Los Angeles thing. And I had heard some, like, rumored locations for the first pay-per-view events. Like, obviously, you know, for months I've been telling you guys Toronto was the front runner. Now that is a, officially official, UFC announced that yesterday. But we already knew that was happening. What I was hearing was February, they were kind of looking at Phoenix. And then March, were, they were sort of looking at Miami those are like some of the things that I had heard. Nothing was set. Uh, Vegas was also possible for February, possibly doing some sort of pay-per-view in conjunction with the Super Bowl that is going to be there as well. Um, but now we found out it's not going to be that weekend, the pay-per-view. It's going to be February 18th. Now I'm hearing that LA may be in play, but it's not decided. I'm also hearing Anaheim could be in play. Don't go out and be like, Mike Hex reporting this because I'm not. These are just some of the things that I'm hearing at the moment. So Anaheim would make sense, um, but th it is interesting. They usually start the, for a while there, California was kind of like the place they started the year. And they haven't been there in a minute. I don't know if they've been out there. I don't think they've been there at all this year. They were there last year, I'm pretty sure. And they haven't been to LA in a hot minute. So wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. But I don't know. Even when uh, Taporia made that, I reached out to some people and they were like, no, I heard Phoenix and Vegas. And I had heard Phoenix as well. But now apparently LA, Anaheim in play, but not done. So we shall see. And it's okay when it comes to on to the next one and the doo-doo picks because uh, I did one myself. I picked... Jun Young Park to compete, and he already has a fight booked. So I changed my mind for Kyle Baraglia, and I ended up going with Michelle Pereira instead. So we're all guilty of it. We've all done it, and we will all continue to do it. But it's okay, Toke. That was very, very funny from AK, though. You don't hear him go off like that all that often. Uh, Timmy O's, go ahead. Timmy O's show. All right, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. All right, so two things. Uh, first thing, just kind of a quirk. I figured out uh, on the Jose Cuervo tequila advertisement that the UFC plays between fights, I noticed that Kevin Holland has a monster symbol on his uh, right shoulder. And that's the only other product that's being advertised besides the UFC and Jose Cuervo, which I find that interesting. But sorry, fun fact. My question is: Last month, uh, Ariel Show got asked about if a media member owning UFC stock would be a conflict of interest. I would like to know your opinion on that question, and do you think that uh, applies to betting as well, or not? Thank you. Thanks, man. The stock thing, I'm not really sh I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I personally would not do it. Um, it's not, I don't know if it's because of like journalistic integrity reasons or what. I just am not a big stock guy anyway, so I wouldn't have to worry about that, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The gambling thing, I don't have a problem with. Um, you know, GC obviously gambles. We have a lot of people in the space who put out betting picks and such. And I don't think there's a, there's a problem with that. What I think is a problem is if, let's just say, 
let's say I'm credentialed for UFC 295, right? And I'm sitting cage side and I have a big fat bet on Alex Pereira to win the main event. And I put that out there. And as the fight is going on, I am actively cheering for Alex Pereira sitting cage side. That's a problem. That is absolutely a problem. You can't do that. You can't openly root for a fighter while you're a member of the media. Like, I know there was some issues with, like, Robbie Barstool, you know, reacting to Conor McGregor and things of that nature, but he's not really a journalist, so I don't really think that. But anybody who kind of carries that flag, works for a major site that covers the space and the news, if you're out cage side, like, actively rooting for a fighter, then, yes, that is a problem. That is a problem because then you can't equally cover the fighters anyways. Now, if you look – see, I don't – I make bets for the watch party. And, like, if I'm on on No Bets Barred, but, like, I don't honestly care. Like, I'm not betting anything big. I'm betting, like, a couple bucks here and there. And it's all good. But, yeah, if if you're out there, and I've seen it, too. Like, I've seen people cover, like, Bellator events where I was there, and they're, like, getting, they're just drinking alcohol, and they're just getting smashed in cage side. And they're rooting for fighters. Like, you can't do that shit. Can't do that shit, whether you're gambling or not. But if you if you know if you're covering an event and you gamble and you just treat it like it's a normal thing, like it's no big deal, it's like a media member playing fantasy football. Like you're not actively rooting for the teams, but it makes things a little more interesting as you watch other games. That's kind of what it is here, at least in my opinion. I don't think there's a big problem with the gambling. Stock's interesting. I don't really know the answer to that question. I'm curious what Ariel had said, because I didn't even hear that, but I wouldn't buy it anyways. I don't know if there's like a conflict of interest there, if you're just kind of, I don't know. I don't know if it changes the coverage, but I think if I have to question it, I wouldn't do it. So that's just me. Let's go to American Dad. What up, American Dad? How you doing? About 295, because that's not really even the best card that's coming up. 296 is way better. So, um, one, nobody's talking about the big fight on that card, which is Cody Garbrandt is back. Uh, the man who destroyed Dominic Cruz, and that's why he's my hero. He's back on that card, um, and he's fighting. But my question for you is, how bad is Patty Pimblett going to beat up Tony Ferguson? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, God, man. I, 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 I still, I, I, AK is my best friend and I support him all the time, but it's his fault that this is happening. He was the first person to put this out there. He put it out there months and months and months ago. I hated the idea, but the more we've thought about it and the more time has gone by, the more I understand that it makes sense in a certain respect, because if there is any sort of a name in this lightweight division who I think Tony actually has a chance of win of beating right now, it's Patty. I don't I'm not all that confident in Tony beating Patty, but he can beat Patty Pimblett. It's 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 uh, it's possible. He could certainly beat Patty Pimblett. I don't know if he's going to, but he can win. And it seems like he's taking things a little seriously. Seems like he's going back to his old team. He says these things before. Apparently, he's working with David Goggins now. I don't know how that's going to translate into wins and losses, but I'm sure David is firing him up in in the right ways. He's taking it seriously. My hunch is, like the way I'm reading this fight right now, and and I'll probably look at it more once the week comes along, is that Tony's going to have a lot of success early on in this fight. He's going to put the boots to Patty early, but Patty is incredibly durable. And Tony's looked great early in these fights. Like even the Chandler fight before he got highlight reeled, he knocked Chandler down. He knocked Bobby Green down. Like he was looking pretty good. And then we get to round two and things start to fall apart. And that's kind of where Patty could take over, maybe get Tony down, maybe tap him. My one issue with this fight is and and look i get it i get it it's so weird also from an aesthetic 
purpose if you compare like tapology pages and wikis a lot of red for tony a lot of green for patty i just don't know i'm very curious how patty's gonna handle himself in the build to this fight is he gonna show up to media day and doing media ahead of the fight is he gonna show up to the press conference and is he gonna put tony over like a legend is he gonna be like this guy is the man is he gonna say this is the toughest opponent of my career tony's a legend i love the guy he i'm his, one of his biggest fans or is he just gonna go right into the heat which honestly i think he should do i think he should you know respect tony as a as a fighter and what he's accomplished but he should go in there and be like i'm gonna bag this dude and i'm gonna end his career i'm gonna end tony ferguson's career because He's not, he's in a tough spot anyways. He's not really over. He's kind of a heel in a lot of respects, especially after he handled the Jared Gordon fight. A lot of people thought he lost that fight. I still feel like he lost that fight. But you're going to be the heel anyways. Like you're going to, Tony's beloved by everybody. So Tony's going to be the baby face. Patty's going to be the heel. And if he comes out there and you know just kind of respects tony and wins like i don't think he gains a whole lot from a win but if he comes out and is just mega heel and finishes tony and then like kind of buries him on the way out he's gonna get a big reaction it may not be a positive one he may get booed out of the building but everybody's gonna want to fight this guy and i think for his career that's probably the best course of action i'm very curious to see how he handles this fight but I don't think Patty's going to like beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson. I think Tony will probably have his moments in the striking. And I think Patty will probably take him down. Maybe out-wrestle him. Maybe he gets a submission late in the fight. But, yeah. I'll t but honestly, like, we get to that watch party, I'm probably going to bet on Tony Ferguson. Because it's just a vibes thing. And I think Patty will probably win. But... Wouldn't it just be one of the most 2023-ish things if Tony Ferguson just washed Patty Pimplin at UFC 296? Like, that would just be insane. That would be the most surprising thing that would happen on that entire card. And that's just so, that's just so 2023. But I do think Patty's going to win. I don't, but I don't think Tony's going to get, like, badly injured or anything like that. Patty's not, like, a big, powerful striker. Patty's more of a, of a grappler and a submission artist, so we shall see. By the time we get to December 16th, holy shit, man, we're going to be all about that fight. That's going to steal all the headlines when we get to the – that's going to get more talk than the two title fights by the time we get to that card. It's super weird matchmaking, but it makes sense. I don't know. I don't remember a fight announcement getting – like so, so much on one side and so much on the other. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. 
and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, Viking. Hi, brother. Uh, I just want to know about the beef between Chelsea and, and Adrian because I just don't like Chelsea and I, I don't listen to him at all. So I just keep that part. And I'm, I'm just, I've been not uh, using Twitter. So I just don't know what happened between them. So tell me the main points. And Mike, 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 uh, uh, I don't know if you like it or not, but please drop that Francis Ngannou thing. I have had enough, brother. And you know, heck of a morning and a lot of your analysis shows and, and podcasts, it helps me to live Right now I'm in a gulf, so it helps me to leave, feel better, helps me, heck of a morning, helps me to sleep. And I, I have had enough of Francis and Gano and Tyson. Thanks a lot, Mike, and I appreciate all of your work who are helping me to live a better life these days. Thanks a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the show helping you fall asleep. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, obviously, I'm joking. Um, the Ariel and Shale thing, like, it's it's kind of what I thought it was. Ariel talked about it on Monday, I think. Um, they're just, just two dudes that get heated, man. They just got heated. It happens. It happens. Things got said. And... Ariel said he called Chael and, you know, they talked about it and they squashed the beef. They both relayed to each other what they didn't appreciate about the conversation and they're good. They're good. Those guys used to have a show on ESPN Plus and those two used to battle it out a lot. So it happens. It happens. Like I battle it out with my uh, colleagues as well. It happens. And you know, not like that, not for 55 minutes like that, but that's what happened. The Francis story, like, I, look, it's, I feel like it's dying down now. I mean, people are still talking about it. You have to remember, it was not that long ago that this happened. It's only been a couple of weeks. And it happened, it's still the biggest thing that has happened. I mean, obviously, Islam winning, and then we go right into Francis. Like, it's the biggest thing going on. It's the Biggest story in MMA for the past few weeks. It just is. And now Francis the boxer, all those decisions tied up with what's going to happen with PFL and Bellator. All of that. It's just really interesting stuff. It just is. Now, obviously, it's not being talked about a lot now. But in the short aftermath of it all, yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal. It's a very big story. And it just adds to the chaos of 2023. But yeah, Ariel and Chael are cool. It was just one of those things where two dudes who like each other got heated. Things got a little wild. Things were said that probably shouldn't have been on both sides, and it happens. We're all we've all been there. That's all. Uh, Nicholas, go ahead. Are you muted? Yes, you are muted. Nicholas. Okay, we will move on. Let's go to Australian talk. 
Good, Australian Talk. You're live. Yeah, good day, Mike. Thanks a lot, mate. Uh, really looking forward to 295. But I can't help thinking when I remember, like, Jerry and, and he's going to be back, which is fantastic. You know, he's overcome the injury. But, man, can we just take a minute to reflect on his absolute war, one of the greatest fights ever, with Glover? Uh, was that pretty much sort of the last time we seen him? Or do you vividly recall that fight, my man? And... Um, you know, what's what's he going to do to Piera, man? Like, Piera, like, he's a warrior. But uh, we, we, if we can recall that fight with Glover, man, uh, Jerry's got heart for days, man. And he's got a point to prove now, right? And what better scalp than to put a stamp on the rise of Piera? Thanks, Mike. I can't wait for this fight. I really can't. I really can't. I will tell you. Um, I do have a bet on the fight. I actually have a bunch of exposure on that fight. I'm picking Alex Pereira, and I'll explain why in a moment. Um, I have a lot of exposure on this fight. I got Pereira, I got him at minus 122. Uh, I have some parlays involving this main event. Main event under four and a half. Ursaig Costa over one and a half. Co-main under three and a half. Pays out at minus 108. I also have that fight as a parlay piece. Uh, I have a little little small parlay. Last four fights do not go the distance. Uh, pays out at plus one twenty six, and I actually think that's a, that's something that could cash. I feel pretty good about that. But it's just a, I don't honestly don't, I don't. I'm picking Pereira because I just feel like the way Yuri strikes defensively. I think Pereira can catch him with something. It just takes a – I don't know if it's going to be early, maybe round two, round three. I just feel like the way Yuri strikes, there's just a lot of holes, man. And I know he has heart for days, but Pereira can friggin' crack. He might be pound for pound the heaviest puncher in, in the sport right now. And if he lands something big on Yuri, I know he could battle through it, but Pereira's not going to take his back and try to submit him. He's going to try to beat the shit out of him. So the bet is Pereira, but it would not surprise me at all if Yuri won this fight. This division is so much better with Yuri back in it, it's not even funny. This fight rules. And I hope we get a winner. I hope we get some sense of normalcy in this division. Light heavyweight could be really fun. It's been a disaster this year with everything that has happened since December of last year. It's been a disaster. It's been a cursed division in so many ways. But now we're getting this fight. Eventually, we're going to get the winner of this fight fighting Jamal Hill. And boy, oh boy, am I fascinated in that fight. Because I need to see if Jamal Hill is for real, for real. I think he can be. We saw what he did to Glover. That was the performance of a lifetime. But was that a stylistic thing or is he that dude? And unfortunately, he got hurt too. So we don't know the answer to that question. So things could get real interesting. Yuri is the man. He's a wild man. Pereira, good dude, great fighter. The fight fucking rules. I can't wait. I cannot wait for that fight. So excited for it. So excited. It's going to be interesting if that fight hits the floor, though. It's going to be interesting. But I have no idea what's going to happen. But the bet is on Pereira. And I have zero confidence in that bet. Absolutely no confidence. Uh, crying belly. Go ahead. What's up? What's up, Mike? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Yeah, what's going on? Man? I wasn't here Tuesday for the heck of a morning. Uh, I kind of listened a little bit here and there over the weekend. It was overall a bad weekend because uh, my football team and all lost. Anyway, um, I just want to go in the past a little bit um, for this one, kind of like a uh, – Something to where you guys can kind of hear like the outside going in almost about the Derek Lewis fight real quick. Um, it was honestly very disappointing, not on Derek Lewis's part, but I think just the fight overall. Like I understand there was like a one week fight notice and everything, but, you know, I feel like Mark Goddard said, uh, like was telling him to, you know, work, work you know, and all this, and more more times than the other guy was punching while he was on the ground, you know, it almost felt like the guy was making love, which I understand that's part of the sport, you know, um, 
having you know control and stuff like that but it was just overall disappointing and i'm kind of glad that Derek lewis didn't um you know give in to any type of position for a submission or something like that and was hopefully you know he was trying to get him to stand up and you know that's that's my only concern that i like the only thing that i really want to say about that and then the other thing that i want to say was i really hope alex Pereira can win this weekend because the biggest picture like the big picture that I really hope paints here in the next few years that Izzy can come back because I know everybody in this Twitter space wants to see that trilogy so bad. That's all I have to say, Mike. Thanks, Thank man. you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I gave I gave Almeida C plus for his performance. Like look, it was very impressive to control a big huge dude like that. Like for twenty five minutes. It was impressive, but you just I understand the risks involved and, it's, you know, you can check off so many boxes, but the most important box you check is that you get the win. Like, I get it. But, man, the timing of that fight with it being a week before the interim championship is going to be on the line, like, you got to make a statement, man. Like, you got to show up at MSG, like, coming off a massive win. So they pan, they pan you in the crowd after, like, Aspinall or Pavlovich win, and they see you just like, yeah, let's go, after you just – Pounded out Derek Lewis in the second round. Like, but that's not going to happen here. Jelton won. Important box to be checked. He remains undefeated at heavyweight. But he gained nothing from this win. Gained nothing. He's going to still have to fight Curtis Blades now. He called out Cyril Gunn. If I'm Cyril Gunn, I mean, Cyril Gunn has screwed up a ton since he won. He has dropped the ball in such a big way. And Jelton, that's actually a very smart call out. But it's no, there's no way he's going to get it. I don't want to see that fight at all. I have to see the Blades fight. I have to see if this is for real. If he could do that for, to Curtis Blades, okay, we got something here. But doing it to Derek Lewis, like there were, all he had to do was punch Derek Lewis. He just had to punch him, and he would have finished him. And when he did punch, it was throwing a bunch. Derek Lewis was just covering up. That's all he was doing. Kept going for the arm triangle, and Derek was defending it over and over again. Like, it was just frustrating to watch. Like, I get it. New York Rick gave him an F. AK gave him a B. But yeah, I I get it. I totally get it. The Pereira thing, cool. I don't think he's just going to fight him again. I don't. It could be a huge fight down the road. I don't think it happens now. Like, if Pereira wins, I, I don't think Izzy's going to take that fight right now. And I don't even think that's the most interesting option for Izzy right now. The most interesting option is if DDP beats Sean Strickland and he comes back and fights DDP with DDP as the champion. Like, that, talk about role reversal. Everything that happened after DDP knocked out Robert Whitaker and they had that face-off and the things that have been said... Now, DDP holding the belt? Izzy's got to chase him to get the shot? Like, that's way more interesting to me. That's way more interesting to me than the Prairie match. And it's tough to sell that fight after Sean Strickland just beat the hell out of him for 25 minutes. Something we can get later on, but I don't think it's anything we're going to get right now. I really don't. DDP's way more interesting. Now, if Strickland wins the beats DDP. Maybe Izzy might do that. I don't know. Because, I mean, with Hamzat there, I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. Are they just going to give Izzy the shot? Give him that rematch at Strickland? Are they going to go with Hamzat? I don't know. But DDP winning the belt would be super interesting for that division and Izzy's return whenever that might happen. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, go ahead, Absalaya. Morning, how you doing? Yeah, so uh, just two questions. Um, first off, I want to just um, talk a little bit about this Saturday's main event. Um, I saw you were talking a little bit about your predictions for the fight. Um, I just want to add a little bit of um, dialogue, in my opinion, what could possibly happen based off, you know, seeing some of these guys' fights in UFC, Glory, or some of the other, or Ryzen in Jiri's case. Um, with Yuri Prohaska, I think he he's definitely very vulnerable to striking and um, even takedowns and stuff. Like, you know, he's basically, to me, the Tony Ferguson of the light heavyweight division based on his very unique um, unorthodox style with the Bushido style. But one good thing about him, as good as Alex Pejera is a very good um, kickboxer, he can really set up great low kicks and stuff. Yuri Prohaska has seemed to have a gift of a gap for countering those things or preventing you know any serious um side effects that most fighters seems to face like he somehow always comes back and lands some pretty nice kicks himself i also think yuri's um elbows are very dangerous and deadly he has you know i'm still very questionable on alex chin especially after the knockout he just got against um adesanya and i know it's really strange to compare glory's kickboxing to uh you know mma bout but if i was to take his fight again his uh, light heavyweight fight that he had against um i think was i I forgot the guy's name i think it's andre when he won the title that was a split decision i'm just thinking i was watching that fight was it was a good performance but i i'm really leaning in someone is either getting knocking on the first round or third round or this could go to a split decision depending on how the fight plays out because I need to see some aggression from Alex. Like, the last fight he had, it was um, much more passive. It was more defense-based because, you know, Jan was definitely going to go for takedowns. But I think Alex should just let the curtain slide out and just go all in. The other thing I just want to briefly mention is about DDP. I was watching his fight today with the, um, the Darren Till fight and the Robert Whitaker fight and the Brunson. I have to say, this guy, he's definitely, in my opinion, one of the most exciting fighters we have right now in the division. I think if he does become a champion, I won't say he's a star in the sense like what a Adesanya or a Hamzad is, but he he is someone to me who could become a Robert Whitaker type of star if he his career pans out to be very legendary down the line. Say he wins the title, he has a few legendary title defenses, you know, possibly moves out to Lahiberi as one of his goals. That's all I have, man. Have a great day. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens in that main event. Um, I don't think Pereira is going to be as passive at this fight. I really don't because Yuri won't allow it. But I also think it's kind of to his advantage, too, because like it, there's two different styles. Like Jan was going for takedowns. Jan's a lot more of a patient striker, powerful as hell, but a lot more patient. Yuri's just full on chaos. And I kind of feel like Alex can pick his shots a little bit more, but I do think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive. At MSG, all that, everything that's on the line for him. I mean, he becomes a fucking legend. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer if he wins this fight. Two division champ at 11 pro MMA fights? Like, that's fucking insane. That's insane. It's crazy. The number, like, the stats for both these guys are insane. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. All right, a bunch of people lined up. Uh, I probably got like 20 minutes, so let's try to rifle through these as much as possible here. Uh, go ahead, Four Corner Sports. Hey, Mike. Um, so Alex Ferrer has the ability to make history on Saturday, not only by becoming a two-division champ in such a short period of time, but he would actually be the first person to go 3-0 and in MSG. The next closest person that has a record of that nature is uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. 
Um, I do agree with you that the way that Yeri fights, he does leave a lot of holes um, in his game for Alex to take uh, pick apart. I'm not sure if he's going to fight that same way that he fought Glover, just because of two different stylistic matchups. But I also do feel that um, Yeri, I mean, I'm sorry, Yeri, um, Alex is a little more calculated in that he'll be able to, you know, land the, the harder puncher, the, the harder uh, punches as opposed to Yeri. Um, my next question is um, Aspinall. He kept on seeing it multiple times in the press conference that he wishes that he had a little bit more time to uh, prepare for Sergey Pavlovich. Do you feel like he's putting a little bit of doubt in himself? I mean, I feel like he's not, but I just feel like it's uh, he's already mentioned him uh, multiple times throughout the, the week. I'm favoring Pavlovich even prior to hearing those notes, but um, just because I feel like Pavlovich is a harder puncher and I feel like you know, there is a little bit more of an an advantage for you going in on a full training camp as opposed to two week notice. Um, so, and then lastly, who do you favor, Mackenzie Dern or Jessica Andrash? All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, last question, I favor Mackenzie Dern. I just feel like, I mean, I'm not like fully sold on Mackenzie Dern, but all I've been looking for from her is like a little bit of aggression. That's all. Not just inside trip, go for a submission and do nothing else. I'm looking for her to inflict damage. And boy, did she inflict damage on Angela Hill. Jessica Andrade has just had a tough run. She's been finished, kind of run over in her last three fights after starting out the year with an unbelievable performance against Lauren Murphy. I just feel like this is a bad matchup for her. I feel like this is sort of the time where she's just got to like take some time and reflect and figure things out. But I feel like if this fight goes to the ground, Mackenzie's just gonna tap her. Like, and if she doesn't, she's just gonna pound her out. Like, I think Mackenzie's learning. I think Mackenzie's getting better. I think they're just on two different trajectories. I got a, a couple bets on Mackenzie Dern, I believe. For this fight, let me just pull up my list here. Uh, actually, yeah, I have Dern straight. I got her minus one ninety, and then I have Dern as part of a parlay. Cu- couple parlays, actually, three parlays. Dern, Rebetsky, Emmers, Benoit Santini, Dern. That plays plus plus one nineteen. Emmers, Rebetsky, Dern plus one forty, and then she's part of the last four fights. Fights don't go the distance at plus one twenty six. So, yeah, I think Dern wins this fight. Wouldn't shock me if Andrade won, but I just feel like the trajectories of their careers right now, Andrade is plummeting a bit and Dern's on the rise. Just where they're at right now. The evolutions of their game. Um, oh, the other thing. Aspinall. I'm not... I can, uh, like, honestly, I think we all feel that way. I think Tom's just being honest. But... I was listening to P.T. Carroll talk about this because I guess P.T. talked to Tom's dad on an interview that's either going to drop today or sometime this week on, I think, Ariel's YouTube channel or something. But P.T. said when he was talking to his dad that basically when the first thing that his dad taught Tom, who was a little kid, first getting into this crazy world, I think he was like seven or eight years old, Basically, like, the whole beginnings of his training was, hey, don't get hit. (laughs) Like, just don't get hit. And basically, the whole baseline of Tom Aspinall's, like, world of training and where he's at today was based around don't get hit. So I think it's just kind of like the beginnings of where he came from, just don't get hit. Now, it's easier said than done when you're fighting an absolute mountain of a man like Sergei Pavlovich. But I think Tom understands the assignment here. Don't get hit. Don't get hit. Don't get into crazy exchanges. Just go and tackle him. Just go in there and tackle him. Like that's his best course of action. So, yeah, of course you you want better circumstances. I think we all feel that way about this fight. But at the end of the day, I think Tom's going to be ready. I don't think Tom's going to have any excuses if he loses. I don't think he's going to come out, well, if I had a full training camp, I would have beat him. No, I don't think Tom is cut from – that cloth, if you will. I think Tom said yes. He signed the dotted line. Whatever happens, happens. Same as Volkanovsky. 
Volk had a short notice fight with Islam Makachev, the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, took the fight on 12 days notice, said the right things, got excited and got kicked in the face. No excuses. We don't use the short notice thing as an excuse. You said yes. You said you'd sign the line. That's it. So, but I am actually picking Tom Aspinall to win that fight again, but I'm again, not confident. Uh, Nicholas, go ahead. Do we have you? Yep, I got you. Uh, I was just wondering, um, I refuse to think that Tom Aspinall's foot is uh, 100%. So I'm wondering how on earth can he uh, get it done? And if I'm Pavlovich, I'm going straight to them legs. And uh, what should we think about Tony Ferguson? I mean, he's training with uh, Mr. Goggins, but will it help him at all? I appreciate it. I mean, it doesn't hurt having that guy yelling in your ear. Along with everything else. So, yeah, get that mindset right, man. He's taking it seriously. You got to give him that. As long as he's not doing, like, too, too much. If he's training with his, like, original team and with the people he's familiar with, but then he's adding this to the mix a little bit, yeah. I mean, what the hell? We'll see how it works out. Maybe David Goggins can be... You know, the new mythical creature, if you will. Could be the new, uh, that dude from Detroit, the tactics guy who cornered Joaquin Buckley to a win. Maybe he could be that dude. I don't know. And we'll see what happens with Aspinall. If Aspinall is going to sit there and box Sergey Pavlich, he's going to get deaded. Like, he's going to lose the fight. So even if his foot's okay, like, just tackle the band, get him to the ground. And you have a chance to win. My biggest question is what happens when this fight gets to the ground. We have had questions about Sergey Pavlovich's ground game for years now. For years. Since Alistair Overeem out-grappled him. And yes, I'm talking about that Alistair Overeem. Out-grappled Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich could not get back up. Alistair freaking Overeem. Now, I understand that was a long time ago. And since then, we've been wondering how that will work. What happens if he gets taken down? We don't have any answers because all of his fights take like 35 seconds. And there hasn't really even been an attempt to try to take him down. So if Aspinall gets him down, can he get back up? If Pavlovich gets back up, boy, we got an interesting fight on our hands. But that first takedown is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Uh, Cole, go ahead. So, Mike, you think Pavlovich is, or you think Aspinall's main uh, strategy here is going to be to wrestle? I mean, like, I agree that he can't get hit, but man, I don't know if I'd be putting money on Aspinall if that's if you're saying he absolutely cannot get touched and he's got to hold this guy down for as long as the fight lasts. I don't know. God, I can't wait. Alistair, Alistair Overeem held him down. How long ago was that, Mike? That was like 2000. Doesn't matter. We don't have any – we have not had that question answered yet. So we have to test it, right? We, you want to stay yeah. – you think you should stand there and have a kickboxing match no, with this guy? No, that It'll be over in seconds. So, Exactly. Yeah. I it, I can't wait. I, uh, an even money main event, give it to me. Inject it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, look, tackle him. Go tackle him. We'll see what happens. If he gets up, then we go with plan B. Tom Aspinall's a smart guy. It's ain't going to be like an episode of Boy Meets World where Joey the Rat tries to tackle Frankie Stacchino, knocks him to the ground, but then when he wrestles Corey, Corey gets out of the way, and he's like, oh, he moved. And then Corey just pins him. It doesn't work that way. This is plan B. And who knows? Maybe Tom will strike with him. Tom could hit him too. Tom could strike. But the striking is going to lead to this fight going to the ground. Like I think we all know that's his best path to victory here. At least we think. But again, we don't know. I'm sure Pavlovich's defensive grappling is better than get lay, getting laid on by Alistair Overeem all those years ago. But Tom is like an elite grappler. He's an elite offensive grappler. So I don't know how, how well that's going to work out for him, honestly. But again, all of these are interesting fights. They're all interesting. I can't wait. I cannot wait. For both of these fights. 
Riley, go ahead. Size advantage between uh, Yuri and Alex. Because uh, I know Yuri said he only walks around at like 215. He doesn't like to cut a bunch of weight. And obviously Alex was like a massive 185er and he's at 205 now, still looks big. Um, but I was just wondering, who do you think will have like the size advantage between the two of them? And uh, secondly, real quick, uh, do you think Pereira is a top three leg kicker in the UFC right now? Have a good morning. Uh, he's up there. Pereira's up there. Uh, and I think Pereira's going to be the bigger fighter. I mean, the top knot is going to give Yuri like two and a half inches. But Pereira's taller. Their reach is exactly the same. And I think Pereira's going to be the bigger guy. Like, I think he's going to weigh more. I think he's going to be like 225 to 230 by the time they step into that cage on Saturday. So I do think Pereira's going to be bigger. Pereira's bigger than Jan Blahovic in there. He's, he looks freaking huge. He looks gigantic at 205. I don't know how he made 185. It's insane. Absolutely ridiculous. But I do think Pereira would be the bigger guy. Dante, go ahead. What's up? So uh, my first question is, uh, do you think if Nate Diaz ever returns, we get him and Dustin Poirier? And my second is, do you think Tom Aspinall would be able to take out John Jones? I mean, could he? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Be a good fight. I think, again, we don't, there's a lot of questions about Sergey and his ground game at this, at this moment. But I feel like that fight's more competitive than Jones Pavlovich. I do. I think that would look kind of like Steve A. Francis in a lot of respects, just right now, without knowing anything about. I'm talking about the first Stipe Fritz fight. Without knowing anything about what Pavlovich's grappling looks like now, um, John's an incredible grappler. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think the only thing that keeps John going here past the Stipe fight is if Tom wins on Saturday. I think Tom has John's attention at least a little bit, and that's way more than anybody else can say right now. So... Be an interesting fight. I don't really know. I don't really know. I forget your other question, damn it. But I'll remember it, and then I'll get to it, because someone will say something that will remind me. J-Mac, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah, so now we know what the main event for UFC Shanghai is, and it's, you know, it's it's a good main event. I mean, I'm looking forward to the fight. I uh, saw... Uh, Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez. It's a good matchup. But I, I just wonder if the UFC just threw this together at the last minute and why they didn't even think to put Weili Zhang or um, uh, Zhao, Nan, Zhao Nan, I think her name is, um, on the card. It's just kind of boggling my mind for some reason. And do you think it's because Weili Zhang is going to be taking on Tatiana Suarez instead? And uh, I'll let you answer that. Thanks, Mike. No, I mean... Zhang isn't the most active fighter. It's not like she fights every three months. And she just fought. She just fought in August. So asking her to do a camp, she, I mean, she beat the hell out of Amanda Lemos. But, like, that was a hard fight. Like, she, she worked her ass off for 25 minutes. You know, everything that, that's, that's come from that, who knows if she was dinged up a little bit. Maybe it just was too quick of a turnaround for her. I would assume that when they put this card together, that was what they were thinking and probably the plan, but maybe just couldn't get both of them together here. I still think they're going to go with the Yan fight. I don't know if they're going to do it in China, but I do think that's the fight we're going to get. I would like to see if Mackenzie Dern wins on Saturday, I would love to see Tatiana Suarez versus Mackenzie Dern. That fight is the perfect last fight to get her over the hump. And it's a perfect win-win for the UFC because if Suarez wins, she gets to do a title fight. And if Dern wins, they've been pushing Dern to try to get to a title fight for years now. So, 
yeah, I th- kind of think that's what they do here, but maybe they do go with Tatiana. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I haven't, we haven't heard from either Zhang Weili or, or Yan Zhanan at this point. So we're getting Song Yidong, Chris Gutierrez, and uh, yeah, that'll be a main event. But this isn't, this is the Song Yidong show. That's why Song's on the card. It's a song show. Chris is tough. It's a good fight, but this isn't for the casual viewer. That fight's, that card is going to start at 5 a.m. Eastern, which I'm cool with, but this isn't a card the UFC is like, yeah, we're banking on the U.S. audience to buy a bunch of subscriptions to watch this one. This is just like, all right, let's give China a fight card more than anything. Uh, let's go to Emilio. Go ahead, Emilio. Oh, Mike. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Heck of a morning to you. Uh, quick question. Uh, damn it. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I almost forgot. It's about Diego Lopez. Uh, does a win on Saturday make him the undisputed goat of, uh, fighter coach, uh, fighter coach of all time? Thanks. Have a heck of a morning. I mean, we talked about this before. This is something we have to like kind of dig deeper into. Because like there are certain fighters who corner, but we don't know if they're like actually coaches. I mean, Diego's definitely up there. I think what's interesting here is does Diego win the 2023 rookie of the year if he wins this fight? Or is it Elvis Brenner? It's between those two guys, I think. Lopez has a loss, but it's to freaking Mavzar of Loyev on like a week's notice. So, uh, and he gave Mavzar a hell of a fight. So, I, I mean, the, it's a two horse race there. If Lopez wins. He's in the running. He may even win it. But yeah, I love the player coach thing. I just don't, I have to, we have to dig a little bit deeper. I presented that question to a bunch of colleagues and they were like, wow, I have to really think about that one. All right. So, we'll go, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to Matt's. We're going to go to four on sniper. We're going to go to big, big four time panda king cat. And we're going to do this as quickly as possible. We're going to give you each a shot. If you can't get through, then we got to move on because I got to go in like eight minutes. Matt, go ahead. What do you realistically do with him if he loses um, on, on Saturday? Like, I don't want to put that juju in the air, but. Um, I feel like it was really kind of hard to decide where you take him after that if he loses uh, to Yuri, especially with supposedly Jamal Hill coming back into the fold fairly quickly. If he loses, um, give him Anthony Smith. I mean, those two, Anthony Smith's got beef with them. I mean, I don't love that fight for Anthony, but Anthony seems very confident he could win that fight. So, yeah, do that. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? I mean, there's still, I mean, there's still guys he could fight. I mean, there's there's talks of maybe Blahovich versus Rakic happening at 296. So maybe like if Rakic wins, you do that. Uh, there's Ankle Life and Johnny Walker. I would assume they're going to run that one back. So I mean, there's options for him. And now I remember the other question from before. Uh, if Nate comes back, will he fight Dustin Poirier? I don't think so. I on, like I, I'm not saying that fight would never happen, but I don't think it happens next. I'd be kind of surprised. I don't know, maybe if they pay him a bunch, It'd be a pretty cool like UFC 300 right there. If they did Connor Chandler as the main event and then did Poirier Nate as the co-main. Do a, like do a five round fight. I mean, it's pretty badass. It's a lot of firepower in terms of casual appeal, right there. But I think if Nate comes back, it's for the Connor fight because he makes a, a ton of money with that fight. But we shall see. Uh, big four times. Go. We have you. It's my turn. 
Can you guys, can you guys hear me? You're, it's your turn. Yep, I got you. Oh, okay. Thank you, man. Now, this not necessarily a question. It's just uh, a comment that I just want to make based on what I've been reading and, and, and listening to this uh, session, right? I see a lot. Of, <laughs> I hear a lot of people saying that the only way they make it seem like the only way Tom can win is if he take Palvich down, which I kind of disagree because we have not really seen the full potential of Palvich on the ground. He's like he reminds me of Strickland. He's he's well rounded, but he just decides to he prefers to stand up. He even said in the <clears throat> these uh, recent interviews that it's fun when you give a show, right? Because nobody wants to hug and go to bed the whole night. So uh, the only advantage that uh, the advantage that Tom has over Pulvich, I think, is the speed. I think they're all rounded, but the speed, the leg kicks of Tom, I think if he really utilizes that, he can, he can get away with the win. Um, and as for the main event, that's, that's very interesting, but I think uh, Yuri has a, a big task on ahead. Uh, Alex is the best striker in the world. Let's let's be honest, and he's very aggressive, right? Even if he when he if you watch that 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 um, fight with Easy when he got KO'd, he was going after Easy in the second round. He's very pressuring. So I, I, if he goes against Yuri like that, I don't see Yuri stopping him. I really don't see him stopping unless Yuri goes on the ground. But standing up. Alex is KOing. Third round KO. Let's see. That was just my mind. Thanks, man. Yeah, and, and look, just to clarify, uh, while others may have said Tom's only chance to win this fight is to take down, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's his best chance. That's the least path of resistance right there. Guy who has shown that he is not proficient on the ground against a guy who is very proficient on the ground. Maybe the best, he's one of the best grapplers in the division. And he's very opportunistic. And he finishes fights when the fights go to the ground. I don't care who it's against. He's, he's that dude. But yeah, Tom, like, could, could he land a quick shot and hurt Pavovich? Sure. But if Pavovich touches him, the whole fight can change. All Pavovich needs is one. And then it turns into a million. He lands one, your light, your world changes, and then he just he's got such a killer instinct on the feed. So that's what makes that interesting. Yeah, I mean, would it would I mean if they stood there and Asphodel landed a big right hand up down the pipe super fast and gets there before Pavlovich does and drops him? Like, would it shock me? No. But I don't think that's probably the strategy here. I mean, use that quickness in order to get this fight to the ground. But yeah, it's a great fight. Go ahead, King Cat. Yes, you're breaking up a little bit, but I think I got you. Um. Yeah, I got you're breaking up like crazy. I'm sorry. Uh, if you want to try again real quick, we'll we'll try to squeeze you in. Panda guy. My man, Mike, how are you? Good. Um, yeah, I'll be short and sweet here. I just kind of want to topple up to what my man just said there. I think Yuri's best path through least resistance is obviously the ground. I mean, I don't want to say obviously the ground, but Israel held Alex down and, you know, controlled his wrist, had some control time. Yuri isn't just going to control. Yuri's going to try and strike from the ground. I think if Yuri gets Alex on the ground, just like this guy said, Alex is a great striker, I think Yuri could finish him with some ground and pound on the ground, maybe even submit him. Secondly, how much of a liar is Dana White? Because isn't it supposed to be Hamzat versus Sean Strickland? Why is Drickus getting this fight? All right, Mike, have yourself a heck of a morning. Okay. Um, maybe, I don't know, but Jan, Jan had... Pereira in some big trouble, and he couldn't. And he's a better grappler than Yuri Prashka is, and he couldn't finish Alex. So I mean, maybe, maybe that could happen. But Alex is like not a fish out. Of, you saw it in the in the Blahovich fight. He's not a fish out of water on the ground. Like maybe he didn't do great against Izzy because he probably wasn't expecting Izzy to take him down. 
he knew out like Yon was gonna take him down, and he's probably ready if Yuri takes him down. Like, guess who's working with Alex Ferreira, Glover Teixeira, who went to absolute war with this man. So he knows the ins and outs. He shared twenty five, almost twenty five, seriously life changing minutes with this man. So again, it's one of those fights where I honestly have no idea what's gonna happen. All right, everybody. Uh, unfortunately, an abrupt ending to the show. We tried to continue on. And for some reason, Twitter was just being really dumb. And it just like killed the rest of the stream. So I know Panda had a great question about why DDP is getting the title shot with Sean Strickland and not Hamza Chimaev. Basically, it all comes down to availability and DDP just deserving the shot. Now, who knows if the UFC had called Hamza Chimaya first and he just couldn't make it or who knows, but justice for DDP, he deserves the shot and he's getting it. So there you go. As far as the next show goes, uh, maybe we'll do one tomorrow. Uh, I'm not scheduled to work till noon Eastern on Friday. So maybe we'll pop in and do a little something if there's a little drama. If not, we may just not have a show because there's so much content that has come on the channel this week. So I don't know. I'll let you guys know. Just follow me on Twitter at MikeHeck underscore JR and I will let you know what's going on. But we will have a preview show. We'll have all the good stuff. We'll have the watch party. We'll get you ready for UFC 295. But until then, everybody, I am Mike Heck. Have a wonderful rest of your day and have a heck of a morning, everybody. Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.